Hi there, precious kinklings. Before this episode gets underway, we wanted to give you uh, an adjustment. We found out from a reviewer that multi-amory covered chewing and spewing in 2022 or 2020, and may have originated the term. We did some research to try to find out if that was true, and while we do find references to chewing and spewing in like Reddit posts from earlier, that isn't to say that multi-amory didn't majorly popularize this term, and they absolutely deserve credit for the chewing and spewing discourse that we reference in this conversation. So thank you so much to multi-amory. We, we apologize for not realizing that it came from y'all first. This is kind of what happens when you have podcasts and kink discourse, um, and it's really important when you find out that you've used a term or something like that that came from somewhere else to acknowledge those people um, we are of course going to do our best in the future to do as much research as we can but sometimes we just miss things like this so thank you so much to the person who pointed it out we really appreciate you um, and we also want to say, say thank you to multi-amory because multi-amory has been around for a long time doing a lot of good for our community and for polyam so thank you so much and now, without further dudes, back to the episode. Hi, you're listening to K is for Kinky, and we're your friendly neighborhood kinksters. I'm Jen. And I'm Eden. And today we're talking about something that plays a role in our constant bickering. Oh, <laughs> what? What? That's not... <laughs> We're talking about something that is about communication, under the umbrella of communication that many, if not most, couples deal with whether they know it or not you're about to know it because today's episode is <laughs> all about chewers and spewers hello and welcome to the k's for kinky podcast this podcast discusses adult topics so if you are offended by adult topics or are under the age of 18 please stop listening now also while miss jen is a therapist the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are not to be taken as personal therapy for you she is not your therapist and if she is your therapist, just remember that what she says only technically counts in your private sessions. So today we're talking about chewers and spewers. And what we've found is that most people identify as one or the other, a chewer or a spewer. And we'll talk about what these things are in a second. But also, ironically, most chewers find themselves with spewers relationally. Mm -hmm. Like we seek the opposite. And that is great but it's also bad because it can cause a lot of conflict let's describe what these two words mean for communication Ms. Jen, what's a spewer well i want to say first that chewer and spewer is i don't know who coined that it it's also sometimes i'll refer to it as like an internal versus an external processor or immediate versus slower processor um but essentially, if you are, and this is most of the time, like most everybody can be both, but usually the tendency is to lean into one of them. And the chewer is the person who might have an initial reaction to something, but needs time to process, like not within a conversation with the person that the conflict came out of. But either on their own, whether it's talking it out with a friend, whether it's journaling, whether it's just sitting and thinking about it, they need time to process it, you know, internally, essentially, they want to chew on it, if you will, before they're ready to really sit down and discuss it and, and be at a place where they <clears throat> are both emotionally ready to discuss it, they're more grounded, but also have been able to form their thoughts around it. 
And then the spewer. I want to describe this one. You- <laughs> I want to do this one. Okay. I want to do it as fairly as possible. Can you tell possible. who's who? In- <laughs> the loving way that chewers are just described. Um, a spewer is somebody who thinks on their feet, reacts quickly, and typically is either already aware of what their thoughts are on something almost immediately or wants to work through what they're feeling and thinking immediately out loud. It's more so, the latter part of that. It's both. But it, but primarily for for people, the latter part is the important piece of this is that because it'll come into play as we talk about kind of tools for managing the difference is that it's a desire to process out loud or immediately, even if what they think is their initial reaction becomes a different conclusion, they want to talk it through right then and there. And typically with the person who the subject has come up with. So that's, that's the kind of the key portion there. Yeah. Benefits to being a spewer can just be an ability to react and survive in like high pressure situations. So like as a customer service person, as a person who had to think fast during arguments in the home growing up, um, and also just as somebody who tries to come up with solutions as quickly as possible and likes to solve things as fast as possible, um, I've had being a spewer work very well for me, but I've also had it be really detrimental in arguments, in like like deep and emotional interpersonal relationships. This is when this skill set can become a detriment, especially if you are with somebody who does not process like this. And that's obviously the situation that we're in right now. Michelle is a chewer. She will chew on something for like a week. I am ready to talk about it and go through it. Even when I do take time to process, like I'm so usually ready to talk about it faster than she is. Well, what I'll say is that I haven't taken an official poll or anything, but in my years as a therapist, it seems like 99.9% of the time, like there's maybe one example I can think of over however long I've been practicing that a couple has not had one of each and that they do not match in this. So it has become a big part of some of the tools that I work on with couples is to manage this difference. Cause it's like, yeah. I don't know why <laughs> that happens. Like people will fall back on opposites attract and that kind of stuff. But in this specific instance, it really seems to be the case. It's bizarre. Yeah. I do want to say before we go into like, ways to help address this and like mitigate this when there's conflict. I want to point out the benefits of both types of processing and not paint either as a negative. I think that both can work very well and some can be really, again, like spewing can be really strong in terms of like being able to immediately react in certain scenarios and being a chewer and processing and really taking your time before you say something can also be a really strong attribute. I think we talk often about these two response types and these two processing types um, from the ways in which they are detrimental. Like it's very easy as the person who processes externally to get frustrated with an internal processor. And I know it's easy vice versa. Like I know that she's been frustrated with me, but there's things you can learn about each other. And I believe the reason that we find people who process both of these ways is um, because we seek things that are antidotes. I believe we seek antidotes and that's what a lot of people lean towards. So like for me, I talk so rapidly and I'm not always correct, but I'm always kind of moving internally. I found a partner who's calmer, not serene, but just more measured than me. That's a calming, soothing quality. Bolder, if you will. 
Yeah. But my boulder, exactly. <laughs> Whereas for you, my ability to rapidly problem solve, to rapidly think, to rapidly do things can help us around the home and help us in our daily life. And I guess you like Energizer bunnies. I don't know what to tell you about that. <laughs> I don't know um, what you seek and need. I don't know. I'm trying to see like what the antidote is for you being slow moving. Like I don't know. Like not slow moving. I don't know. Like I'm just. I think that I'm able to like take care of a lot of small problems in multitudes, and I have a lot of stamina. And I think that that helps you a lot in your life and in our life together. But I think that it's definitely a mind fuck when we're arguing. I think that it's or when we're trying to talk like. When we're processing, that's when these traits that can be so positive in other areas of our life, they become a problem. Yeah, sorry. I was just processing internally. This is going to be a fancy, fast response time for you. If you were processing, you're already ready to go. Well, I was thinking Should I come about- back in two days oh and my- you can let me know what you're thinking? Fuck you. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Everyone, this is a healthy interaction. <laughs> I'm laughing clearly. Healthy ribbing. Um, I was just thinking about recently, I think it was the five hardest things you talked about, like anxiety and stuff for you, right? Like anxiety and OCD. My mental disorders sometimes are hard for me. But I'm, I'm conflating it with this in terms of you wanting to process out loud right away. But then I know sometimes you'll want to process out loud, but it's hard for you to halt. Like you talked about how it's it's hard for you to pause. I think for me, there's this, I don't know if this is true for other external processors, but for me, there is a speech compulsion aspect that comes from my OCD where I have pressured speech. It's not actually something that I always want to engage in I can't seem to overcome the pressure of like if I don't solve this problem it will wildly spiral out of control like there's that feeling of like if I don't say something and do this now it'll get worse and that's actually not true yeah I just wanted to point that out I think as a preface for our conversation because I don't know that other people who don't struggle with OCD stuff experiences that piece of it you know yeah speech compulsion is a bitch (laughs) So here's what I've learned from living with a chewer. It can be frustrating. I think the one of the hardest things that ever happened was she needed to think about a really serious thing for us. And she asked for two weeks to think about it. And we get upset anytime I'd bring it up in that two week period. And that was one of the hardest things ever for me. That was a very extreme example of her needing to chew on something. But that that type of extreme has only happened once. Generally speaking, she will take anywhere from a day to three or four days to process something and come back in writing. Sometimes it's just an hour. Like it depends on what it is. Yeah. It might be shorter. The perception from me as somebody who thinks very rapidly and processes pretty quickly is that she doesn't know what she feels or that she's not thinking about it actively. And that's not really what's happening, truthfully. That's not actually what's happening for her. But for me, if I was waiting that long, it would be me avoiding it or it would be me, you know, that's that's why, like, we always fail when we measure other people with our own meter sticks. And that's something that I kind of want to point out. I think for her, I would imagine the frustrating thing is seeing me rapidly say things and process out loud and then change my mind in five to ten minutes. I might start a conversation in one corner, talk through and end up in the completely opposite corner. And to me, that was a success because I positively processed. But for her, it's a roller coaster. One way to think about it is a spewer and a chewer can both have, and as long as we're talking about human beings, are likely to have immediate reactions to, let's say, a conflict coming up. The spewer wants to 
dive into it. And even if they come to a different conclusion at the end of whatever that processing time is, they want to process through it and and pull it apart in the moment with the other person. The chewer, also assuming human, can have an immediate reaction, but they know for them, they need the time to work through it on their own because they know that if they just dive in, they become emotionally flooded or um, are having reactions that can lead in a direction if pushed that aren't really, it's, it aren't what they truly feel, Right. And so they'd rather just take the time to think through the thing, get to whatever their final conclusion might be, and then come back and say, okay, I've had time to think about it. Here's where I'm at now that I've had that time. So it's kind of like a a chewer wants to, or a spewer wants to like push through, you know, whatever that initial reaction is. And with the other person, even if it means kind of locking horns for a little bit, figuring it out and coming to whatever the conclusion might be. I feel like a lot of my motivation in life, generally speaking, is to eliminate as much discomfort as possible. Like, I don't want to be uncomfortable for longer than I have to be. I don't want to be uncertain and I don't want to be in pain or like feeling unpleasantness. To me, arguments are unpleasant and uncertainty is unpleasant. So I'm always going to try my best to solve every problem I can as quickly as possible and to minimize discomfort as much as possible. And the problem is that sometimes when we engage, when we're emotional, and I guess I'm saying like the collective we right now, but I guess I'm talking about myself, but like, (laughs) but the problem is that things escalate quickly. And also perspective can be warped, whether you have actual disorders that help warp your perspective when you're in an emotional state or if you're just a person in an emotional state you're gonna have your perspective slightly warped at least if not majorly warped and it has been fairly consistent that in many cases even if I have the exact same opinion three days later or a day later or some hours later I'm better able to communicate it when I'm less emotional So like that's one of the things that I'm learning as somebody who processes externally is like it's valid to want to process externally, but it can be incredibly helpful to get some distance and it can be more efficient in the long term to be real. Even though it's uncomfortable, the maximum damage done is worse when diving headfirst into something that you're not prepared for and that the other person definitely isn't um, than just dealing with the minor discomfort and then quickly beheading the problem basically yeah definitely to take a break and to take the time that the chewer needs will increase anxiety even if you don't deal with generalized anxiety but will increase anxiety for somebody who is a spewer right because that's the whole goal is they want to talk through it right then and there and if they have to stop and wait that increases anxiety and like you said discomfort so that's why it's difficult on on that side to have to stop and wait for the chewer to chew. On the other side of it, the chewer, what's hard for them if they are sort of, I hate to use the word forced, um, but if they're not. If you hated to use it, you wouldn't do it. (laughs) But if they're they're not allowed, let's say, the time to, to sit and chew, what's difficult for them is that they haven't had that time and they may be struggling with emotional overload or flooding or just reactivity because that's all like both people could be dealing with reactivity but the chewer prefers to have the time to work through the reactivity before they come to sort of 
at least closer to a final conclusion. So to do what one person prefers is always going to cause discomfort for the other person. So I think, you know, what it comes down to is really finding, and we'll talk about kind of how I deal with this with clients, is basically both people have to somewhat compromise to meet in the middle. Because it's going to be, if we go to one side or the other, somebody's going to be left really uncomfortable. Well, and I think the other thing that's kind of interesting that's popping into my head right now as we're talking about this is that when it comes to polyamory, there's a phrase that I really try my best to work by and that has served us well when we've you know abided by it, which is that you can only move as fast as the slowest person. And the chewer is almost always going to be the slowest person. Um, you literally cannot drag a chewer quickly through the mud successfully. I know with Miss Jen, there have been times when we've had conversations right off the bat and we just pummel through them. And she's even consenting to pummel through them. But she will get, like, what I perceive is, like, this, this like, overload or this, like, drowning or whatever. Like, she checks out. Not even, like, deliberately. Like, she can't process anymore. You hit, you hit a limit sometimes at, like, a 30-minute mark, depending on how emotionally, like, laborious the conversation is. And so, like, even when the conversation ends up being, like, successful, like, a resolution is found, now there's this side effect of, like, exhaustion and, like, frustration and just, like, overwhelm. And so, in a way, like, yeah, you're talking about compromise, but I feel like you have to slow down for the chewer. You well, have but to. Still, but there's still compromise in terms of, you know, setting up. Like, yes, you have to create that space. And generally speaking, creating that space for, for anybody, chewer or spewer, like you mentioned earlier, right? It's not always you. It's is it's positive. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's a positive move to, to kind of take that time, take a break, take a pause, whatever, um, for everybody, you know, to come up with a plan of, or a tool on how to deal with it, you know, is a bit of a compromise for both people. Cause you know, if it was up to me or just a chewer in general, <laughs> They might be like, okay, like this conflict happened. I'm going to take some time out to, to think about this, whatever, and just have all the time they need <laughs> to, to chew on it. Um, but part of what we try to do is to have the chewer say, okay, let's, let's talk about this again, whatever it might be, like depending on what it is that's come up, right? So let's talk about this tonight at six o'clock or let's talk about this you know, in on Friday or whatever it is, but having to commit to a time, even whether they're ready or not, they have to kind of figure out how much time might I need. And granted, you know, if you get to that six o'clock or whatever, and you're like, oh, shit, like, I still really have some big pieces here that I need to chew on a little bit more, you know, and we're kind of getting into the tools now. But you know, you can communicate that. But that's going to be what's difficult for the chewer is having enough time and space, depending on what the issue is. I want to call out something here that I think is really critical. Um, I feel like Miss Jen is somebody who deserves benefit of doubt. Like she has proven that she at worst will forget to do something or get overwhelmed with other tasks and will put it off. But she never negligently doesn't do something or like doesn't think through something. But there are some people I can already imagine who would hear this episode right now and go perfect. So I can just, you know, tell somebody that I need to chew and keep telling them every single time the date approaches, I'm not ready, I'm not ready, I'm not ready. And basically avoid conversations. Like I can see somebody abusing Mm -hmm. this policy. And that's, I want to kind of hold everybody accountable to if you try to pursue avenues where you're finding this middle ground, you really need to honor the fact that the person who is an external processor is waiting patiently or as best as they can and needs to be able to speak. 
this is not an opportunity or like an avenue to avoid conversation or confrontation. Yeah, um, no, for sure. And that's, that's where usually like if I assign this tool to a client, I'll say, look, you know, come back together at that time that you've decided. And if you're not ready, let them know that and set another time. But the hope would be that you would only pull it forward once, right? So that it doesn't become sort of that slippery slope, if you will, of just putting it off forever until everyone forgets. Yeah. Um, Well, I think that's absolutely a concern. I think it's important in building trust because I, I cannot speak for other people who process externally or who are spewers. But there's a trust necessary and like a fear of if this doesn't get discussed, is everything going to fall apart? Am I going to be silenced? Is this going to be forgotten? Is it going to be put off? Like there's a a lot of stuff that comes up, you know, so it's really important to me in my mind to emphasize that as the chewer, since you are the one that's being given the time, it's really important to be preemptive in communicating with the partner who's waiting, letting them know, hey, I want you to know I know our time's coming up. I've been thinking about it and I'm looking forward to this. Like giving these verbal (laughs) affirmations of like, I am still on top of this. I have not forgotten you or the situation and I am ready to to show up when it's time. Like that's very helpful. Especially if it's a long time. Like if it's just like, give me an hour, then you probably don't every 10 minutes. Hey, I'm I'm still thinking about this. Yeah, no, no, no. But I'm saying like if it's a longer term, you know, I think that's important. Um, And I feel like from, from the spewer side, it's really important. And this can be very challenging. I have not always succeeded but it's important to really try to give that time without interrupting them or pestering them also i would really encourage spewers to not just like kick back and wait for the chewer to be ready but to also try to utilize that time to process as well because like i said everybody reacts with sort of those instant reactions those immediate reactions that aren't always true to what we really want when we get ourselves a bit more grounded even if it's uncomfortable for the spewer to sit and process like the chewer does even finding like outside support system you know a friend to talk to or talking to yourself I know this is one (laughs) that that you use a lot in terms of just I give myself interviews in the car. Yeah. Having conversations in the car, um, which is helpful. Like it's, you know, using that time as well to, to think on things and get yourself to a a more stable emotional place so that when that follow-up conversation happens, you're also prepared. Yeah. I mean, I've also, I recommend if, I think sometimes the reason people are spewers or external processors is because they don't know how to process internally as well. I think sometimes it's that you were never given that space to learn and for me that's 100% the case I've never really had that ability there to to do that um so I I mean I have my own spiritual practice and I have my own things that I do that help me feel connected to like something so that I can process there and like interact there right but I also will like I have safe people that are not my partner who if I need help processing I talk to those people because external processing is not bad or to be eradicated but sometimes the person you're arguing with or the person you're talking to your partner is not the person to externally process with so like I would yeah 100% recommend that and also yeah second the motion as hard as it is to learn it's really valuable to try to understand how to internally process In the same way that I think it is valuable for an internal processor to see the benefits of somebody who can rapidly think on their feet. It's valuable, you know, but in your relationship, nothing should be so emergent. It should be such an emergency. I think I I think I said that right though. I think it emerges. Nothing should be so bad. Miss Jack, I've been trying, (laughs) by the way, sorry, let's pause the whole podcast for this. 
So about two and a half years ago, I was in the therapy session with with my therapist and she used the word emergent and I got really excited about it. And I have been trying ever since to master the word emergent and I throw it into stuff occasionally and Miss Jen always gives me this look and she's like, that's not how you use that word. And I'm like, no, it is. It is. You want to use it when you're talking about an emergency, not something emerging. But it is emergent. (laughs) It it emerges into an emergency. (laughs) I'm still working on this. This word, I really want to be able to master the word emergent. So um, that's the word of the of the episode. What the hell was I saying before this? Oh, the emergency, the emergent. Oh, nothing should be so extreme in your relationship that you can't just pause and come back. And like, this is something that I have a friend who does this with their partner who also has OCD. But my friend just says like, hey, nothing is going to change between now and we have the conversation. We are exactly where we are. I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to go anywhere. We're going to have this conversation, but we're not, I'm not going to like, nothing's going to fall apart in the interim when we wait to talk. And I feel like that's so important to know and to feel and to be able to say like, this is not an emergency. There's no reason to rapidly think on your feet in this moment. So just take some time to process for a second, you know? She's looking up the word emergent. (laughs) Was I right? (laughs) Well, not exactly. Um, Arising unexpectedly, which is what I think about emergent, is like something is emerging. I see it as it has become an emergency. It is now emergent. Well, the only part of the definition that speaks to anything that you're talking about is that it, if it's unexpected, it could call for prompt action, but not necessarily an emergency. This unexpected thing has happened and it, I must promptly act. Emergency. <laughs> I believe. But I wouldn't want to put everything under emergency. Like then because actual emergencies feel less special. That's why I said the word emergent. <laughs> it's an adjective. I'm leaving this in the podcast as a gold star <laughs> that I use the word emergent probably correctly. Uh, you use it. You use emergent. But I don't, I don't usually typically use the word because. So how can you judge my use of it? Why not? <laughs> Okay, can we get can we get Let's a grammar get person? Track. I'm an Let's English major with a degree in creative writing, <sighs> but um, let's bring in someone else to back us. Oh, you know what? Tussled. Tussled, <laughs> when you're in the middle of writing these notes, can you help us with the word emergent, please? Thank you. Okay, good. Just remember who the D-type is, tussled. <laughs> this is why we have to talk through things before we come to final conclusions. We problem yeah. solved this out loud. It was good. We, th- we thought t- tanked that. We found out that I was right. Mm. That was great. No, we found out I was. See, we don't know who's we right anymore. We <laughs> did not find out you were right. We found out that you were being fussy. I'm allowed to be fussy. Yes, 100%. And also, you were not right. I'm not wrong. You were neutral. <laughs> you were fussy and neutral. Uh, anywho's, what were we talking about with the... <laughs> oh, yeah. You should be able to deal with some time, right? That's what you were talking about? Yeah, saying nothing is emergent. <laughs> Nothing's so, an emergency. <laughs> nothing is emergent in the relationship. That <laughs> you should... right. Anywho's. Um, <clears throat> do you want me to take you through, should I take the listeners through the sort of steps that I typically use with clients? That Pretend are that I'm it? the client and, and therapy me. Here. Well, you'd have to have somebody else with you. It's I'll be both a couple people. that I'm. I'll be both. I'll be, be both. okay. I'll be the, the dude will be the chewer and uh, the other dude will be the spewer. So you're going to be two dudes. I'm going to be two dudes. Okay. How do we know which is which? One will have an accent and the other will have my voice. Which one will have the accent? Bob and Larry are their names. Okay. Bob and Larry. Okay. And Bob is the chewer and Larry's the spewer. Okay. So Larry's your voice and yeah. Bob is. I'm Bob and I'm the chewer. Bob, Bob and Larry. 
got a picture in my head because if I look at you, I'm just going to keep laughing. That wasn't an insult, by the way. Sure felt like one, but please continue. I'm just sitting here innocently on the couch. I like to chew on things. Okay, so. I guess this is a terrible accent. We had all right, so Bob and Larry. I like to chew on things. Oh, there we go. That's what it's going to be. All right. Let's do this. So I would describe what chewing and spewing is, which we've already done, so I'm not going to do that again, but I would describe that to them. And then I would talk about these this as a process or a tool to go through when some sort of conflict arises. There's an initial conflict there. Both people probably have some sort of initial reaction, emotional erection. <laughs> Do you still say emotional erection? Okay, well, I talk about emotional erections. When I come up with an example... Let me just sprinkle this in. Um, we have a podcast. <laughs> well, they're listening to the podcast, <laughs> you dork. And you should listen to it. Oh, my God. Where K is for kinky. You can find us wherever you're listening to us right now. <laughs> That's not a good... I'm sticking to it. I started no. this advertisement for our podcast, and I will finish it on our podcast. I was going to say, follow us on TikTok what we don't have any activity on tiktok but we do we have old videos and we want to start making more videos so you no should presence. follow us on tiktok and send us messages of th- like ask us questions on tiktok <laughs> no there's a q a thing that you can click you just your voice is and they can, i know frog in my throat but it's fine i'm gonna get this out <laughs> you can send a question to us and that will use those to either make podcasts or to make tiktoks so help us generate our content for us yeah by giving what do you us want to hear what do you want to see do you want to see a picture of our new gnome bruce and his brand new motorcycle you never know so that was a very weak advertisement across the board <laughs> i give us like zero out of three stars I tried. I tried you did not you advertised the podcast on the podcast I to still people that tried. are already listening to the podcast i tried really hard to commit to that too and even with you heckling me i still finished it out I'm Bob and I'm Larry and we're here in therapy because Larry wants his mom to come around but I don't really want to see the mom because well I really don't like her teeth to be honest with you that kind of freak me out. I'm very offended that he keeps talking about my mom's teeth. Seriously. Grow up Bob. When this comes up this has just come up in let's just say it just came up in this in the therapy session right in walking them through what this tool would look like it would be, okay, Bob communicates to Larry, look, this is obviously, you know, a an issue. So Bob would say something along the lines of this is, you know, an issue that keeps coming up that I clearly need some time to talk about because my initial reaction is very, you know, emotional. And I know that it's coming from an emotional place. So I would like to take some time to really think on this that's uninterrupted in terms of more discussion around this particular issue. How about we come together during lunch tomorrow at noon and talk about it? I really don't feel comfortable having this conversation without a therapist present. Bob has not historically shown up for our convos. All right, well, let's schedule a session at noon tomorrow. (laughs) I would encourage Larry to accept the pause right to be like okay even though larry really wants to talk about it immediately right he's the the spewer so he wants to talk about it immediately but he's got to be patient 
understand that he has a time. He has a day and a time that Bob has said, we will check back in about this, right? So Larry has to be able to self-soothe. hear that, Larry? Self-soothe. If you will, during that time, do his best to go about life, do his best to do whatever it is their life looks like, whatever they need to do, have dinner, breakfast the next morning, milking cows, apparently. Is that because of Bob's accent that they now suddenly live on a farm? Darn tootin'. They don't live on a farm. (laughs) They have a cow in their apartment. Oh, that's and Bob milks the cow, <clears throat> but Larry okay. will be doing that self-soothing action instead. <laughs> okay. I'm going upstairs to milk oh. the cow, Bob. So at that point, they've made a decision of when they're going to come together to talk about this issue. And in the meantime, both of them are going to process, right? So for Bob, it may be just as he's going about his daily business, thinking about the issue of what was it? Having the mom over. So thinking about that, thinking about, you know, what that comes from, if there's been negative experiences with his mother-in-law or issues with his past relationships, in-laws or whatever, like thinking about why it is he's having this reaction. If it is a personal like thing with the mother-in-law. I don't like the way her teeth looks. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but also Larry should be processing too. Now Larry might process differently. It might look different, right? Larry might you know want to call up joe (laughs) wow because joe joe is is their friend (laughs) and and talk to joe about this issue and kind of talk through it with somebody else's perspective it should you know hopefully somebody who can be a more neutral party who can see both sides and isn't just going to like blow smoke up larry's ass about it um but he might do that. Maybe he'll sit and think about it. Maybe he'll write some things down to get his thoughts on paper. Those are all things that can help with whatever, you know, anxiety creeps up in Larry while he has to wait for tomorrow at noon, right? Meanwhile, Bob is doing his own processing. Now, the other part of that for Larry is to not poke Bob too frequently about the meeting. Why look at me? I'm looking at you the whole time. You're right nope, here. Your eyes darted over to me exactly <laughs> when you said don't poke Bob and then well, you looked at me. I was going to say poke the bear but then that didn't seem appropriate. <laughs> it might be something where Larry says hey, um, you know, it's 11 a.m. on the next day. Uh, I just want to make sure we're both still good on the plan to talk about my mom at noon. That's fine. <laughs> Right? (laughs) I'm really worried about how Bob's going to come out the gates with that tooth comment. I don't think that's That's not a good enough excuse. Um, You're the therapist. You'll have to intervene at that point. And then to make sure that they honor the agreement, right? And let's say at noon the next day, they sit down. Bob says, okay, like I've had some time to really chew on this. So hopefully they can sit down and talk about it. Now the communication piece, when they actually talk about it, that's all that's different tools right then we're getting into the communication itself this piece is just about how two people may process an issue differently but the communication piece it's it's, that's that's its own podcast um now if bob comes back and he's like i realized through processing this that this actually runs a lot deeper and some other stuff came up for me then that conversation at noon might be just that where he says, you know what? I have been processing this. Some deeper issues came up for me. I'd like to have a little bit more time to think on this or 
call my friend Marlene. 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 I don't know why. Whatever. You know what I'm saying? So let's, can we actually, I know we don't want to postpone this too much and we're only going to take this forward one more time, but can we talk about this after dinner tonight? Try not to expand it out too long, right? More than 24 hours. What if Larry said no? So this is part of the issue is if the spewer fights the the pause, essentially, fights the halt, if you will. Thank you, multi-amory. The issue with that is that you're more than likely not going to have a productive conversation. The spewer needs to remind themselves that by allowing the pause, they're actually likely to have a more productive meeting about the issue and are more likely to come to a conclusion or resolution if Bob has the time to actually have that pause. So to refuse the pause, natural consequences are if you push it, you're just going to end up right back where you started with a more emotional response, which could lead to further conflict. Not always, but you're increasing the chances of that. AKA, it's a bad idea, Larry. I'm not Larry. (laughs) I'll tell him if I see him. You are Larry. You're Larry and Bob. Well, Larry stormed out in a huff. (laughs) Oh, great. (laughs) To go talk to his mom because he needs to process with somebody. No, not. No. (laughs) Don't process with mom. Bob's upstairs milking the cow, just trying to figure out you know, how much longer he oh needs to Any who's. <clears throat> I've created a very dysfunctional little couple there. Yes, I don't you know. have. I don't know what happened. Yeah, I don't either. Um, I played very interesting games by Barbie as well. I didn't have Barbies. Um, oh. Hopefully sorry. this weird example <laughs> helps in seeing sort of the tools that I give... <laughs> Wow, there's pauses Pause between two, I was going to say, pause some more. It'll be fun to have to go back through and take five minutes to edit 30 seconds of audio. Keep going. <laughs> what I was going to say is this is an example that I fumbled through a little more clumsily because I'm not actually, I mean, I, I'm smoother in a therapy session. I think also I didn't give you easy clients it, and well, also yeah, my, my accents you were distracting didn't. The you. accent is all the thing. But hopefully this example... I, we've explained it well enough for you to kind of understand the general tool, if you will. Your general tool. <laughs> wow. That's a really good insult. I don't really think that of you at all. I just thought the phrase general tool and then you're uh, it's to the general you. No. Ow. It's a tissue. It I hurt. threw a tissue at her it and she said ow. It hurt my emotional <laughs> erection. Oh my god. It made it go down. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being with us here today on K is for Kinky. We hope that you can chew on this episode and that it is helpful. And uh, while you're doing that, we're going to go ahead and spew out the names of the people who help us make this podcast. <laughs> Talking, of course, about Tussled Lena and Sid. They are all amazing. They're Woo-hoo. all part of the team. They do some great things to help make this possible. Primarily, they put up with our shenanigans and uh, they help moderate our Discord, our website. Um, they help us generate our content. They're wonderful, wonderful people. And of course, we're going to give a shout out to our Call Me Kinkling Pudding. 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 We think you're great. (laughs) Wow. That's our sound effect. (laughs) Um, Thanks, Pudding. I hope you enjoyed that. And I hope the rest of you did too. We'll see you next time on K is for Kinky. Be well, precious Kinklings. Bye. Bye. Bye.